The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield. And joining us, our host, Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead. And today we're joined by Drew Gerritsen, Regional Technology Manager for Winfield. Drew, let's talk about the updates on the R7 tool. understand you have some exciting news for us. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be rolling out October 1st a new version of the R7 tool for our retailers out in the countryside primarily focused around speeding up the process, engaging our farmers and our sellers at a higher level, increasing the data, the amount of information that flows through the tool, and creating a chance for our retail partners to really dive into precision ag as it is today. Let's talk more about the updates on the R7, Joel. Yeah, so the new tool is going to be actually uh, hosted online, and so you're not going to be able to download the new tool from the App Store, so that'll be a little bit of a change. What that enables us to do is to make sure that any bug fixes or any of the things you know that come along in there, we can update automatically without having to push out a new version. I was just in there today, and one of the new, cool, exciting things, Cropland.com launched a new hybrid selector seed guide, and actually that button is now in the R7 tool version. There's number of ways to get into a conversation about which hybrids might fit on your farm or which seed varieties in general might fit on your farm. So adding the cropland.com widget onto there. And then, uh, you know, also we've integrated field monitoring tool, which is one of the tools that we piloted this year to be able to benchmark your biomass and see which fields are trending ahead or behind. There's some new updates around NutraSolutions and how we visualize tissue samples. I think one of the things I'm really excited about is the performance mapper that was hidden inside the desktop version. And not a whole lot of people really got to use it because of the way that you had to know which hybrids were planted in grower farm trials to really get its value. We've got the ability now to take what we call the insight trials, the on-farm seed trials that are out there, and really make some crisp comparisons of head-to-head or multi-hybrid comparisons. And I think that you'll see a lot of expansion into that tool as you move from the answer plots national data set into the regional performance of hybrids. I'm really looking forward to the data visualization that goes on there for helping make seed selections. You know, Drew, are there any other aspects of the new tool that you're excited about? Yeah, I think you touched a lot on the highlights, Joel. A couple of things from a technical standpoint that are exciting is you start to talk about technology on the farm. We have the ability to work with multi-layer shape files, which gives us the ability to do dual hybrid planters as we move forward. Also, the ability to upload field boundaries right in the R7 tool, yeah, I think will be a nice feature that we'll add in R7 5.0. Ultimately, when technology gets connected, I think it's going to be a lot easier to use. And so as you talk about field boundaries, you know, as we work towards connecting that into the data silo and making sure that as you find your field boundaries in one tool but not in another and you'd like to adopt those, the data silo helps us scale the multiple copies of field boundaries that need to be in different technology tools. So one of the great parts of the new version is that it's connected to the data silo and we'll be able to keep information up to date without actually having to do upload-download, which is a lot of the way that information and data is transferred today. You might even be able to have a few less USB jump drives in your pocket at the end of the day once the data starts to move in there a little bit more fluently. Absolutely. What are the top ag tech 
tasks for fall? I would say they could be a couple different things as it relates to ag technology. First is probably ground-truthing some of the operations that a grower worked through this past year and seeing what was successful on his operation and what things need to be improved. I think technology can leverage the opportunity to do that quite efficiently. I think it's a lot about looking at the scorecard, so to speak, and what are the actions that you put forth in your program this year, what things worked, and what tweaks you might want to look into going into next year. Drew, getting ready for harvest, uh, the yield potential maps gathered from satellite imagery are a good lead indicator of what yields might be in certain fields. As you've been out on the farm, what sort of things have you been finding in some of the low biomass areas? We've had a lot of stress this year, and it's scattered all across the country in different things. In particular, in soybeans, we probably had a lot more white mold specifically than what we realized was out there. As we start diving into some of the issues and problems in those, I would say in those high biomass areas where maybe we had populations pushed up there, we probably saw an increase in the white mold out in the countryside. From a corn standpoint, the imagery's been really spot on. The issue is, again, coming back to water and most of the time being too much water where we maybe lost some nitrogen and some stressier spots in the field showing up on the YPN, along with quite a bit of disease pressure that we experienced this growing season. Yeah, I think one thing I'm excited about as we head into the coming year with imagery is we've started to get images that are a little bit higher resolution. And so potentially inside of a 90-foot swath or a 90-foot planter or sprayer, we've got six pixels inside of that. So you can actually start to see some pass-by-pass information. Drew, as you looked at some imagery this summer, were there any specific field instances that came to mind that you saw some mechanical uh, influence on how the crop was developing? Well, I think a lot of it goes back to that early vegetative growth standpoint, and you can really do a lot by just getting out there and looking to see what stands look like. There's probably some places where we should have came back in and maybe replanted some soybeans in somewhat areas, but I know we were also able to, like at the end of June in Indiana, we were able to already start to see um, some SDS in spots that were stressed, and we saw that coming through the imagery in some places. From a mechanical standpoint, there's always going to be those things where a guy's going to push it too early in terms of planting, and you're going to see stress on the crop inherently. So those are pretty common problems that we typically see, and those things are pretty easy to pick up in the imagery when we start to get through the growing season, especially right there at the beginning where we're really establishing the stand. Yeah, so as you think about growers and their experience one-on-one with ag technology, a lot of times I hear growers say, well, you know, my yield monitor is how I experience precision ag. How do you focus on in-season management with ag technology? What different tools do you use or have you kind of seen been successful with producers? Well, there's probably a lot of different things. The one thing that I like that's really a good conversation during the growing season and even getting into this post-mortem conversation when we're in harvest is the idea around starting to put management strategies together as it relates to how the hybrids behave. We have a vast amount of answer plot data that can help us uncover the nitrogen efficiencies, for example, of hybrids. Which are the fields that we should probably look at targeting for a in-season nitrogen application just because we know a hybrid maybe isn't as an efficient user of nitrogen as other hybrids that are out there. So same thing for fungicide. I want to be able to target my approach because I know which hybrids are more responsive to fungicide, and I'm going to be able to know that those are probably the places I need to go first during the growing season to look. And the next one, I start to roll in the precision ag piece into it. It's really about looking at benchmarking field to field, understanding 
where those opportunities might lie to go spend time, where I should be directing maybe my tissue sampling effort or looking at my imagery, understanding where the spots in the field and where there might be having issues, and start to go get your boots muddy and get out in the field and start to uncover what's going on. I noticed a lot of yield information, you know, obviously one important step as you look at working with precision egg and yield monitors in particular, calibrating your combines, obviously important. There can be 40 bushel swings or you're really not going to get the granularity of information where some of your opportunities are unless you're calibrating. It's been kind of interesting as we look at new ways of visualizing yield information. Field view drives have started to make their way into the cab of combines so that you can see growers real-time harvest info and they can actually start to query out just by circling their finger across the iPad what other factors might go on in that. I think that's an exciting time. Normally growers are just looking at the yield monitor ticking up or down, but actually when they can have the layers behind it and the information underneath that of the hybrid by the population by the soil type, there's a little bit of focus to be able to understand and benchmark what happened last year. And if that's a hybrid or product that you were just testing on your farm, maybe that's something you do more of. And working with the R7 tool, hopefully there's a chance in there for you to look at some new hybrids that you haven't planted on your farm and see how those did in that data set and then go forward with those plans together. Drew, are you kind of seeing some more adoption of in-cab data visualization, like with FieldView Drive? Yeah, it's definitely been a pretty hot topic in the Corn Belt. It's been one of those things that it seems so simple for a grower to do. And is this a little bit of help from the local sales folks to help get a grower up to speed? And they're pretty excited and happy with the end result. Uh, like you said, it's that immediate visualization. It's hard to uncover what's happening or what's happened. The way that that used to be done would be, okay, well, we're done picking corn. You can come get my information off of my monitor now. So you can get the information process. And then even in that situation, in an ideal world, you know, a week later, maybe we get all the data process and all the sorting by population, sorting by soil types, all that information done. And I would say that would be a fast turnaround. Now, with this field view drive, it gives us the opportunity to get that visualization in cap, and that data is just immediately there. That's a big hurdle for us as we look at the logistics behind collecting and analyzing yield data. You do a lot of combine rides. As you've recalled the last couple of years of riding in the combine, what is the highest, most realistic yield you've ever seen on the yield monitor for three, four seconds? And not when they jerk the hydrostat forward and, and slug the combine. Well, I've had the opportunity to see 300 bushel corn on the uh, monitor before. I think about 304. Uh, I think that was last year, actually. That was probably on our home farm. That was for three or four seconds. It was pretty cool. Uh, three or four seconds. Well, the good news is, you know, in the coffee shop, the first liar never wins, Drew, here. I've actually seen a little over 300. I've seen a, a 350 for a few seconds. And I think one of the questions we get a lot at this time of year is with corn potentially starting with a two in front of it this fall, as crop prices decline and growers think about inputs that they can cut back on, how does technology fit into this and help us make better decisions? And when I get asked that question about where should I cut, I think about those few areas in the field where we're going across and the yields are just phenomenal. I'd encourage those are not the places to cut. Your best yielding zones are places to make sure that fertility is not a limiting factor because the most sustainable bushels you can produce on that farm are the ones that cover the base costs of planting and tilling and and harvesting, which are fixed costs. But the most profitable areas of the field are the ones that are usually the highest yielding. Are you finding other ways growers are incorporating precision? Ag into uh, managing through the declining crop prices? 
Yeah, I think it's just about managing the resources in your investment at the best that you can. When I look at some of the information, the data that we have, that we've been looking at the last couple of years, when we start to just manage and start to look at field variability in general, our analysis was that in those spots that we have that stress, right, that in nine years out of ten, you know, this is a 120 or a 100 bushel, 140 bushel spot in the field, whether it's at the top of a knoll or it's a sand ridge or whatever it might be, where we back those populations off and say we implement some precision ag into this thing and we back those populations off, we're, we're decreasing the seeds that we're putting on that acre, but then we're changing the input cost on that acre. We're actually able to see a higher ROI than a flat rate static rate across that entire field. I think part of that is, is that we're spacing those plants out so they're more efficient users of water. And then in those areas that you said, Joel, those are my high-yielding spots in the field. Keeping that population at average or maybe above average a little bit has really worked well for us. But actually where we've really seen the gains is where we're backing populations off the stressier areas of the field. And, you know, we're going to take a field that say, has five different uh, yield zones within that field, and we're going to find five different targets. And uh, more than likely, we're going to come out similar into our average planting population, but we are going to spread the resources out effectively across that field. And seed being one of your most expensive inputs these days, I think it's really important that we manage them correctly based off of how they behave. And it's also important to, to make sure that we match that with the variability that inherently lies within that field. You talked a little bit about precision ag there. Managing inputs and helping make decisions around one of the highest cost inputs on the farm this year, you know, seed in particular, decision ag suddenly starts to play a factor that using data to help you make a decision on the farm is probably the place where there's a big opportunity to focus this year. You know, are you finding that there's other barriers to entry for decision ag and ag technology? How do you really know if you're doing decision ag? I mean, that's a good question, Joel. I think, um, I think every grower probably does some sort of decision ag, and sometimes they're going to be driven off of different things. A lot of time it's driven off of the resources that that grower has, whether that's land or if that's money. Now, I'd say that there's a lot of times where that becomes a focus, and part of it becomes uh, down to you know where they want to allocate those resources. I would say that all growers have to make some purchasing and placement decisions. I would say that if you're doing a good job of, analyzing the information and data that you collect every year and you're making sound decisions when you're reflecting back from an agronomic standpoint on what worked well and what didn't work so well um, year in, year out. You're working with your local trusted advisor to make sure that you have those management practices and hybrids and varieties placed and the management strategies paired up with them appropriately, then you're definitely working in the decision ag realm. You've been listening to Drew Gerritsen, Regional Technology Manager for Winfield and Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. 